welcome to Inspiration from the Couch. I'm Avery. I'm Jamie. And I'm Lucy. Welcome back. So this is part two of a two-part episode on goal setting. We are interviewing a good friend of mine, Jessica Grant, who is a master goal setter. She has a course called Get Your Goals, which you can find on her website at jessicagrant.org. So in our first part, the one that came before this, we talked a lot about the big picture. We talked about who Jessica is, and we got to know her. And then we talked about what is goal setting and how do goals differ from values or intentions. We talked about a lot about some principles that are helpful. We talked about goal setting in midlife. So we focus more on the general concepts. And then today we get into the nitty gritty details of how to actually implement this goal setting in your own life. So we're so excited to have you joining us. It's a great conversation and we hope you enjoy it. So let's get into the nitty gritty a little bit, right? So once again, as demonstrated by my question, I think I can get kind of hung up sometimes in like the big picture. So if we're thinking specifically for someone who wants to start a practice of goal setting, Jessica, what do you recommend in terms of like, how would you even begin? What do you do? How often do you do it? What questions do you ask yourself? What tools do you use? So like walk us through all of that. Okay. So I'll kind of give you like a mini version of the course I created because It's a process I've used for years and years, literally going back to college. So it's been like 20 something years. The only thing that's differed is like my format, because now, thank God for digital, I can actually put in Google Sheets and edit it really simply. But you can do this with a piece of paper. So in the Get Your Goals course, the first thing I have people do is just list what they're excited about, list the things that you're interested in, list the things that you spend time on. That could just be relationships. It could be sleep. It could be work-related concept or a hobby you want to do or something active you want to do. And just kind of thinking through what matters to you. And I know Kendra Adachi, I don't know if you know the lazy genius. She truly is phenomenal. She kind of coined that phrase, doing what matters to you and being lazy about the things that don't. And I love that because if you can figure out what matters to you, then you'll figure out what you enjoy and what you want to pour your time and energy into. So the first thing I have people do is just list out things that they're excited about and so on. And then from there, I like to break it down into categories. There's lots and lots of different ways to set goals. This is just one way, but I like to have people set categories so that underneath categories of say family or faith or finances or thinking of all F words right now, sorry, (laughs) or school related or podcast, whatever it may be, then you can kind of figure out what goes underneath those categories so that it's more organized. And once it's organized in the categories, you might look and go, I have so many things I'm liking or wow, this one stands out to me. I really only want to focus on one because I think we also look at goals as we have to achieve all these things in all these different areas of our life all at one time. And that's really not true. We could focus on one thing being of primary importance and that's just as meaningful to our life. So you categorize it and then maybe you just pick one goal from there and whatever you've written out, if it's like, I want to take a vacation, my goal is to get out somewhere I want to take a vacation, narrow it down to where do you want to go? What do you want to do while you're on vacation? How do you want to spend your time? Are you looking for a certain location to go to? 
Are you looking for something where like a cruise you go on, it's all inclusive, you're in one place, on a boat traveling to other places? What is it you're wanting out of it? Kind of list some ideas. And then from there, taking it all down to a beginning step. Because I think a lot of times too, that people like to set goals and work towards things, but they have these ideas and then they're lost about how to get started. So it's like, okay, if you want to go on a vacation, start researching where you want to go. And once you figure out where you want to go, figure out what time of year or how many people are going to go with you. Will you go by yourself? So starting out that research part of it and figuring out where do I start? And then from once you've got that starting point, then go ahead and dive in and make that first step, do that first thing. And now that you've researched, you've found your place, start thinking about determining what you want to get out of it and moving forward in it. That was a vacation. I'll use a different goal. Say I want to run a 10-mile race with my sister. Maybe we've never done that before, or maybe it's been a while. And so you know you're going to go this 10-mile distance. You can look up different things that are online. There's lots of training plans available to you. You can find out, do my sister and I want to meet up every Saturday? Maybe I don't have running shoes. Maybe I had need new sports bra or something. So maybe you look into what what are the materials that are need. And the first step might be just purchasing something that you need so that you can actually get started on your goal. And then from there, figuring out, okay, I've got the supplies I need, the materials I need. I just need to get out the door. So maybe getting out the door and walking my dog a mile is the first thing I do. Maybe getting out the door and walking at a certain pace is what I want to do. Or maybe there's a trail near my house. I want to explore it and I'm going to stick on a podcast and I'm going to listen to it and just start walking and moving to get time on my feet. So I think just that starting point and then giving yourself options for how you might build up over time so that you can take it different ways and try things to figure out what works for you, what works with your schedule can allow that flexibility And then tracking it somehow, whether you use an Apple Watch, I don't have one. So I literally just use Google Sheets. In the old days, I would use paper and I just put check marks down. And my Google Sheets, you know, I'll put an X for the day. Or if it's running miles, I type in how many running miles. You know, I did one mile today. And then I can see something visual. You can do that every time you go out. You could do it once a week. I don't know if I was doing running miles that you'd want to wait really more than a week just because you want to keep that consistency. But being able to track and see it somehow visually can really keep us motivated. And then if you have something in your calendar coming back, you go, okay, I know I'm going to be gone on the soccer tournament with my daughter. I'm not going to get the time in there. I'm just going to start back Monday. I'm going to let it go. And I'm going to start back. It doesn't mean, oh, I broke my streak of running every single day and now have to build up. No, give yourself those days, start back up. So seeing those setbacks is really just life happening. And then just going forward and working towards that bigger goal that you want to get to. And I think the hardest one, not the hardest one, I guess, but one of the challenges is also celebrating your goals because a lot of times all work towards something, whether it's a big project or even little, and it's that internal satisfaction is really enough to go, oh, wow, I'm I'm proud I did that. But then other times, hey, can we go out to dinner as a family and just celebrate this thing, get a glass of wine, 
just be like, hey, that was a really cool moment in our family's life. And so proud of our girls or proud of whatever we've done, but finding a way to celebrate it, share it on social media if you want, internalize it if you want, but somehow just recognize that was great. That's kind of a really broken down process of how I've done goal setting for a long time, but I find it's really helpful and successful for me. For other people, it may be more challenging, but I think the thing that I've come away from it is it's not restrictive. It gives you lots of options. You figure out a starting point. Everything's based on the things that matter to you. And then it gives way for life to happen, for you to pivot, and then hopefully celebrate the things that you've either accomplished or the progress you've made. How often do you like check in on your goals? I check in on my goals a lot. And I think it's because I check in on the ones that I'm really working towards at the time. So the things I'm checking in on shift around. For example, if I'm working on a book project right now, so I look at that almost daily and I've got a separate page where I've got tasks listed out and then I highlight them for, okay, I've now contacted that person or, all right, I finished the editing for the music associated with the choir piece with it or whatever it might be. And so I've got this goal of writing the book, but I've got to have the tasks written out so I know exactly when it's actually finished and when it's ready to go to the publisher. So it's a matter of checking in a lot on that because if I don't, that goal's never going to happen. But then a goal of reading books, I don't need to check in as often because I'm just enjoying the books I'm reading. And if I have a certain amount of books I want to read in a year, great. But if I don't read that, then hopefully I've been spending time reading books that I really love and focusing more on that than the number of books. I look at my overall goals probably three times, four times a week, just because it's things that I'm actively engaged in doing a lot of times in my work. That's great. You might actually be doing the same thing and not even realizing it's a goal. You're just working towards projects or working towards things, and you might not think of them as goals, but when you kind of take a look at it, it's like, oh yeah, I guess that is a goal. That's just feels more task-oriented leading to a project or something. So that's a good question. So how concrete do goals need to be? What is that line kind of between a task and a goal? I mean, Lucy, you kind of brought this up at the beginning, but when you think about tasks kind of are like individual things, but how specific, how concrete do we need to be when we're trying to set a good goal? I think it needs to be actionable because if you can put action behind it, you can make a choice to do something about it. And I find that helpful. I know SMART goals, I don't know that we can make anything more succinct than that. Measurable, all of those things. Can we run through what the SMART stands for? Yes. For newbies to the SMART acronym? Somebody else want to share? I feel like I'm talking so much. (laughs) It's specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-based. Okay. So let's talk through, like, maybe if we get like a specific goal and maybe talk about how we could frame it in a way that is not concrete or not measurable, like not helpful. And then like, what are some options for how, I want to say good goal, because that's a lot of judgment, but yeah, a good goal. I would say I want to read more this year. So more than what versus I would like to read either you could be, in my opinion, you could either be specific, like you were saying, Jessica, I want to read 50 books this year or one, I mean, because I do want to read more this year. And one I've said, instead of scrolling, I want to read. 
So I have my book by my bed. And sometimes that means, I mean, I read a couple books during the ice storm. I've read a couple books since I've been home with COVID because it's just now front of mind. But really my specific goal is instead of scrolling, I'd rather read a book. And so that's measurable. Did I scroll or read? I mean, I still scroll. I still read. It's not like it's that thing. It's achievable and relevant and time-based. It's less time-based, but it is. I mean, I do find I really sometimes scroll before bed and then I'm so tired. I probably scroll more than I need to versus reading. So I think in some ways it is time-based, but that would be kind of a specific goal of I want to read instead of scrolling. I think the relevant is that you want to read the book. Right. You're reading relevant books that matter to you rather than reading a book because you have to read the book. That's right. Totally. And I see that a lot even in my practices. I, well, I want to feel better. I don't want to be depressed anymore. And so we have to say, okay, specifically, what would that look like? How would we know? Is it achievable? I mean, if you're depressed because you have to go to school and you're in high school, that may not be that achievable. Is it relevant? I think you can kind of go through that. But I, I do find that a lot, that especially that specific piece, that it can kind of be vague. I want to feel better. I want to do better. I want to, with Jamie, it's like, I want to be a supportive parent. That is kind of general, but then you got to make it specific with, by putting time in and having these you know, experiences. I think that that specific piece can be really helpful. And then I think you're talking too, Jessica, about these very measurable pieces with the Google Docs of being able to see visually. Yeah that yes, I've done this or I've moved this in this direction. Yeah. I think too, with the time-based portion, that's one that can sometimes be more flexible for us where we put, it needs to be done in a month or it needs to be done in two months and I've got to reach it by this time. But sometimes that can be more flexible, whereas a specific goal is much more helpful where you're like, I want to read these particular books or this genre of books, whatever it may be. But by being more specific, setting a time, but knowing that time can, I don't know, trying to find ways where it's we put restrictions on ourselves, but we can really also ease off of them a bit. I don't know if that was helpful at all. <laughs> no, but I love that. And so like once it goes back to the rigidity, right? Like where are we rigid? And I think that that might take the fun out of a lot of goals if we get very like hellbent on trying to force something versus like shifting gears when needed. I was going to ask too, how do we know when we have too many goals? If you're feeling stressed out about trying to achieve everything all the time, or your calendar is so full because you're like, well, I have to work towards this and now I'm doing this and I'm helping my family in this way. And then I have this project at work, but I really want to work out for an hour, but I want to get 10 hours of sleep. And you guys have used the word striving. If you're just striving, 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 and all of your life is just focused on achieving things and you're feeling burnt out, I think that's a sign that you're working on way too many goals. And if you're not happy, if you're not enjoying your day-to-day, I think that's also potentially a way that you might go, I've got too much I'm trying to get done in my own power and my own strength, and I need to just let some of those go. Again, that tuning inward versus this external I clicked all the boxes, checked off all the things on my list, this internal, how am I feeling? How am I showing up? How do I feel in my day-to-day? It's really good. What are some common obstacles for people? Like, so Jessica, what you see, Jamie and Avery, what you see in your practices or in your own lives, like what gets in the way of us setting goals, sticking with goals, following through? One thing I see get in the way a lot is when, especially around diet culture 
and exercising is when either the goals are like very external or very maybe even unreachable. And I mean, I think too, that idea of like, I need to be, when they get too numerical, I think, especially in the world of diet culture is I need to be this size or this weight or have this number on the scale or whatever, that that feels totally in a lot of ways out of people's control versus the process piece of like, I want to feel stronger. So I'm going to show up and do some weight bearing exercise two times a week. That's so much more measurable, so much more achievable than these kind of um, bigger goals that may be unreachable or have been unreachable in the past that we think a lot of times again around diet and exercises. I've tried to lose weight. I've never lost weight. So I'm just not going to do any diet or exercise. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe these parts of diet and exercise haven't worked, but that doesn't actually mean that going for a walk doesn't feel good. And so maybe we retrain. I think that's happening a lot for me, both with my clients, even with myself of like retraining the brain and saying, this actually doesn't have to be all about experience. If we're not meeting the goals, let's rearrange the goals and just decide that this is this is never something you're going to meet because we can rearrange and say, okay, what would it feel like to move your body? What would it feel like to move your body two or three times a week? What if that would be the only goal that we're reaching versus I need to be on this like externalized system. So I think I find that people have learned certain lessons about their ability or inability to meet these kind of goals. And sometimes that really makes them kind of foreclose on on certain aspects of goals. Avery, I'm glad you brought that up just as a bit of an aside. You know, we talk about measuring and tracking. I mean, I do think it can be helpful and sometimes it's not. I mean, so once again, I work with eating disorders. So often I'll have conversations with people like maybe we need to take the Fitbit or the Apple Watch off. This idea of like constantly tracking and measuring, like sometimes it can be too much data and too much input, especially for people who have the sticky sort of obsessive brain. It can kind of backfire. So I think as you're setting goals and thinking of measurement, how do you do it in a way that really supports you and frees you up rather than something that holds you down and and causes you to like fixate and like go a little crazy? That's a really good question. (laughs) I'd say kind of the opposite of that. Like when instead of getting too specific and measured, sometimes I'll have clients that are, it's too vague. And Avery, you've already mentioned that, you know, I want to be happier. Well, me too. (laughs) You know, it's like, okay, all right. Or if they're like kind of feelings-based sort of goals, realizing that there are setbacks sometimes that can occur in the the goal setting process. And that's just a normal part of it, just because you might have a step back. So like, for example, training for this uh, 10 mile race that I'm, I'm doing in April, since that's kind of like one of the most consistent things I've been working towards lately, but I may miss like a short run or something, you know, during the week, but it doesn't mean that I'm throwing in the towel. It just means I've got to make it up in some kind of way later on. And, you know, if I'm just measuring how I'm feeling, like I definitely want to pay attention to that. But is it, oh, I'm going to wait till the mood strikes me before I engage in my run. And then that's sort of like a measure of success. Well, not really, because I surely didn't feel like running three miles this morning, but I did as I knew what it would feel like on the other side of that when I get it done. So sometimes it's that motivation piece that I see clients struggle with. And like you were saying, Jessica, like kind of taking that first step, especially if it's something new, a lot of times doubt, anxiety, like other things like that can kind of get in the way or just not really feeling it for that day. But it doesn't mean that you need to throw the whole thing in the garbage. You can continue to stick with it, even when you may not be feeling it all the time, whenever you're trying to to do it, especially if it's like a bigger thing, like a bigger project or whatever, that it's okay that you're not going to be 
whether it's work-related or personal-related, I'm, I'm trying to think like we've got stuff for the Badass Rebellion that we're wanting to do. And I don't know what our next project is going to be, but there may be times where I'm like really feeling it and super excited and, and into it. And there are times when it might be like, oh, you know, I don't even want to really look at this today or my creativity is just like completely tapped out or whatever, but it doesn't mean throw it in, just just throw it away. So yeah, vagueness and then measuring your progress by a feeling sometimes can kind of get in the way. Well, and then you're also talking about the feelings that become barriers to our goals. Yeah. Right. So the feeling, feeling not motivated, getting anxious about something, doubt, all of those things, perfectionism that might interfere with us following through. Sure. Absolutely. And I think also too, I'd say one other thing is being so extremely attached to the outcome or the result. And all of the stuff that can come from that if it doesn't work out the way that you'd planned. And I think, again, there's that internal like tuning inward of, okay, the point of this goal is to, I'm thinking about your run, is to run and to to get to this race. Absolutely. But it's also all the steps along the way to exercise, to spend time with my sister, to have this goal that I'm working on. Kind of, again, I think we come back to purpose. And I think you know, with mine and the reading versus scrolling. I mean, the purpose of this is scrolling sometimes stresses me out. I really enjoy reading books and I want to be able to do more of that. And so kind of keeping the eyes on the prize, the bigger picture, so to speak. I think one thing I talk a lot, especially with people that struggle with anxiety is we kind of think about, okay, is this helpful to you or is it unhelpful to you? And it's helpful to you to say, hey, Jamie, go ahead and do that run. You're going to feel so much better if you do it. And then you do it and you do feel better. It's unhelpful to you to be like, Jamie, I don't care that you're sick. You better get out there, even though it's 30 degrees out there. I mean, that's not really helpful to you. And so I think that kind of idea of being able to like see the forest for the trees, that aerial view of actually right now, what I really feel is I need rest. And so I'm going to do that. And I'm not going to let this goal get in the way of me doing what I know that I really need to do. And kind of having that gauge versus it doesn't matter how I feel, doesn't matter how I'm showing up today, the goal is the most important thing. But having that kind of balance of how is this serving me? The goal is there to serve me. If this is serving me, helping me, then great. If it's getting in the way, that lets me know I'm maybe getting a little too sticky around the measurements. And then not internally beating yourself up or talking to yourself negatively about, well, I could have done this if I had only gone running while I was sick. It's letting that go and not being right so internally difficult on yourself. <laughs> right. So critical. Right. I'll never run while I'm sick. So we can take that off the table. <laughs> don't have to worry about that. <laughs> and I don't really want to run if it's 30 degrees outside either. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think another barrier I noticed too is sometimes competing goals. Oftentimes if people have a goal, you know, I see this often with like meditation practice, you know, clients who want to meditate is something that's important or like self-care sorts of things that feel more optional. Those can tend to fall to the wayside because, oh, I have to work more or I need to like do these productivity oriented things. And so I think sometimes there's a tendency to maybe undervalue things that are not like aligned with quote unquote productivity in the traditional sense, or sometimes we have competing goals and that can kind of create some tension. There's one that I think could kind of have three legs coming out of it, but the the biggest one being that people set goals that are so large and they have these really great ambitions and these things they really desire to do or to achieve, but then they're not quite sure how to simplify it for themselves. And because of that, they set these big steps along the way because they want to see progress quickly. It's like we want to 
go after this thing and see it happening quickly. And then it's hard to wait and do much more simplistic steps and hit some smaller things along the way. And I think tying it all together would be just that you have this big, big goal. So you go after it with this total conviction and you're all in, but then you burn out and you run out of steam because you've been pushing yourself to like make it happen and make it happen quickly. And it's this large thing that's going to take much longer. So being okay to simplify things, even if it's like, okay, this week, if you want to read a, a lot of books in this year, rather than being like, I am going to read a book a day, or I'm going to, whatever it might be, we'll just go with the book a day. But rather than that, it's, I'm going to read for 10 minutes. I'm going to read for 10 minutes every single morning. And if I struggle to do that, maybe I read for five minutes and I start in five minute increments and I build up to 10 minutes or finding time. But I think when we set goals that are too large, it's a lot of pressure. We overwork ourselves and then we get discouraged because we don't see the progress coming quickly enough. That's a great point. All right. So does everyone want to share one or two goals that you're that you're focused on in your life right now? So my one is reading instead of scrolling. That's one of my goals that I'm really working on. And the other goal I was working on until life has happened and I'm going to get back on it is getting back on my Peloton, writing my Peloton. It's funny. I do better with that when there is a program, when it is more structured and I get my little like mapped out three days a week plan. And so that that's kind of another goal that's been simmering (laughs) that will come to pass for sure. What about you guys? I am writing, running. You're doing something. <laughs> I'm doing something. I will cross the finish line <laughs> 10 miles from here at some point. Yeah, no, I've got the, that's a, it's a Disney race, a 10 miler in the spring. It's in April. So mid April. So that's one that I'm working on right now. And I'm we're on week seven or something of our training program. So we're in it. And then I think the other goal that I've trying to be consistent with is mindfulness practice and meditation practice. Lucy, do you want to plug your lovely? <laughs> well, I was just going to say that that is, has been a goal that is finally like yeah. in process. Like I I think for maybe two years now, like in the back of my head, I've been creating this mindfulness course. And so it's turned into like mindfulness. I call it meditation for bad meditators. That's what I call it, but it's like a 30 day thing. And it came from my clients, like seeing a lot of them would be like, I know I should meditate. I think this would be really helpful, but I forget to do it, or I don't know where to begin, or I feel really overwhelmed and kind of lost. And so it's like a 30-day thing where you get an email every day, and there's like a little teaching and then a little practice. And so I am kind of pilot testing, beta testing it right now, but almost done with all the content. And so I feel like I'm birthing this like child, which has been really exciting. Amazing. I would say one of the goals that I am working towards, and I'm very inconsistent on it, but I'm better than I would be if I didn't do it, is turning off my laptop at 7 p.m. That's hard, but I was finding like my mind was racing at night and I just could not shut work off. And I realized I'm staying on my laptop, like literally right until it's time to read with Julia at night or right before I'm going to bed. It's like, well, no wonder because my mind is processing. So I need some time to literally turn it off and just put work aside and not go on it. Of course, you know, some nights I'm on it till eight or till nine, but it's so much better when I I have that goal to try to turn it off because then it really is working towards the other goal of just trying to allow myself to rest better at night. 
I love that. We Was it Deep Work? Was that the book that talked about the shutdown routine? And I am so inconsistent with it, but it's really nice when I can do that practice of having like a set time where you like shut it down. And he has like a ritual where you go through these steps and you say like shut down complete when you're done. But it's it's that kind of thing. Like how do I actually turn it off and be done? Yeah. Yeah. I find that really helpful that when I'm at the end of my work day, like make my list for the next day, cross off whatever and really kind of say, okay, I'm, I'm done for that. And I, that helps me to really leave it because I'm like, I've got, I've got plenty of time to do the other things. I can leave it here and it's all buttoned up. That can really help. Before we get to the do try this at home, anything else that we haven't talked about with regards to goal setting that would be important to cover? Just be graceful with yourself and kind to yourself and try things you've already tried in the past. Maybe make them smaller and simpler and let them take time to develop and just be curious and see what comes your way rather than going, I'm going to do this. And if I don't do this, I'm not good enough or I'm unworthy or whatever it may be. But just looking at goal setting as opportunities in your life to see if you find something new you love or if it you know helps you sleep better, or helps you work towards 10 miles, whatever it might be, and just being kind and speaking kindly to yourself can go a really long way. Yeah. And, and all areas of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> no, have that a blanket statement. Okay. So if each of us were to throw out one, like do try this at home. So if there's one like nugget of wisdom about goal setting, anything that you might want our listeners to start with, Jessica, you might want them to come sign up for your course. I was going to say that. And I was like, is that too pushy? No, no. (laughs) Tell them where they can find it. Yes. So I would say if you are interested in what I've shared on here, go get your goals course. It's on jessicagrant.org. You can just go to the shop in there. It's a nine module course, which sounds really big, but the videos in each module are about five minutes, no more than 10 minutes. And I have a PDF workbook that I created that goes right with it where you can use the black and white or the color. I wanted options depending on the kind of printer you had. And then there's also the digital Google Sheet template if you prefer working through things digitally. And I have several tabs that I pre-created based on things that I figured many people might do like working out or reading books or meal plans, cooking, that kind of thing. But of course you can create your own, but I would say go try the course. It's $15 and it allows you to go from steps starting from like the very beginning of brainstorming ideas to planning out your first step to tracking your goals, celebrating them, and then maintaining momentum and dealing with setbacks. And I really created it to show you a process I've used for a long time and encourage you. And if you're doing the course and you're like, oh, I would like to see this, or this would be helpful, or can you explain something in it? Just email me. It's contact at jessicagrant.org. And I'm more than happy to go, oh, if I didn't think of it that way and share some ideas, but I love to get feedback on things because the whole goal is to be helpful. It's not just to sell something. I want you to get something out of it. So if you're like, oh, I could use something more out of it or could you help me? I'd I'd love to do that. That sounds awesome. And I what I love, it sounds like it provides a lot of like structure and like step-by-step guidance. So instead of having to like reinvent the wheel and start from scratch, it's one of those like it just walks you through every step of the way, which sounds super helpful. Yeah. And it's broken down with if you're wanting to brainstorm ideas, here's some category ideas. Here's some ways you might frame the goals or word the goals so that it's action steps compared to 
big things that are harder to figure out. So I'm hoping it's really helpful and that helps you go after things that matter to you. Awesome. Jamie and Avery, any, do you try this at home? You have? I'd say go try Jessica's course. <laughs> go try Jessica's course. Absolutely. And I, I love this idea that of just the structuring of it, that kind of putting pen to paper, really getting, making sure that the goals are aligned with your values rather than, and, and tuning inward. I think that those really have been some things that have resonated with me of, of tuning inward to really get clear on what, what fits. I was just going to say like finding a system that works for you. And that's one of the the reasons I'm like, go try Jessica's course. Like Lucy's already said, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You've got all the stuff. And it sounds like you've got some really great stuff with the templates and the worksheets and the video trainings and all of that. So it's great. And I think as you're doing this on Jessica's course, just being mindful to be realistic in your goals. I mean, I think that that's been a bit of a game changer for me when I can reduce the number of things I'm trying to do that I have on my to-do list or goals I'm planning to meet. I use something called the the full focus planner and it talks about your big three for each day. And so this idea about how do we like narrow and allow ourselves to do less so we can be more focused and successful on that rather than trying to like squeeze in so much. Because I think that's the worst feeling to feel like here I am at the end of my day and half the things on my to-do list I haven't even done, right? Or there's just so much I'm trying to track that I'm overwhelming and feeling not successful with, with any of it. Okay. Well, Jessica, thank you for joining us today. You are so lovely and such a joy to like have. I'm sorry we didn't get to do it in person, but um, thanks for sticking with us on this. Well, that's going to do it for today. We'd love to thank Jessica for joining us on our podcast and being our first interview guest. And listeners, if you'd like to find out more about Jessica's offerings, please go to her website at jessicagrant.org and visit her goal-setting course titled Get Your Goals. Next time, we're going to switch gears a bit and talk about when your teen struggles. So be sure and tune in for that. Thanks so much. We look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Subscribe to Inspiration from the Couch wherever you access your podcasts. We always welcome your feedback. Visit us on our website at inspirationfromthecouch.com. Inspiration from the Couch.